right, everybody, welcome to Wednesday night service. How is everybody tonight? Amen. Good. Glad to be in the house of the Lord. Praise God. Well, we're going to have a really great time together getting into the word and worshiping. It is going to be a phenomenal Wednesday night. But we're going to go ahead and start things off just like we always do by speaking some faith over the United States of America. Let's go ahead and stand up together. Praise God. Yes. And we're going to keep speaking faith in the name of Jesus. And we are going to have whatsoever we say. Can we get an amen tonight? All right, let's speak these words together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, give the Lord some praise tonight and you may be seated. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into our announcements here. Uh, we're starting to get some things back on the calendar. And, uh, amen. We took a little bit of a, of a break for most of January, but we're starting to get things back going. First of all, I want to uh, let you know that your 2022 giving letter, uh, those were all emailed out on Monday. And if you didn't get that, uh, or you want a hard copy from us, we can do that. Just go ahead and, uh, let Pastor Katie know. I think Susan has some of them tonight if you need those. So anyway, we'll get that to you. And uh, if you're going to use that in filing your taxes, then praise God. All right. Now, uh, coming up, we have the Lift Married uh, Ministry is doing a marriage night on Friday, February 17th at 630. Who's excited? All right. Yeah. And so, uh, hey, you should be because there's free child care. Whoa. Yeah. Free child care. And hey, if, if you're like the majority of families in this church and have 25 kids, that's a really big deal, all right? So take advantage of this. And uh, there's going to be an Italian dinner, pigeon style. Uh, it's just a few days after Valentine's Day. So take advantage of this great night to be together and build your marriage and have some fun with the other couples from church, all right? And then also we want to let you know that membership class is coming up. Yes. And uh, this is going to be uh, on Sunday, February 19th from 4 to 7 p.m. And if you have never, you know, gone through membership class and, and you know that, hey, this is my church family, this is my church home, then go ahead and sign up, man. Let's make this thing official. Let's welcome you to the family. Uh, so that's going to be 4 to 7 p.m. on Sunday the 19th. And uh, just so you know, you're like, man, that's a three-hour thing. I don't think I can handle three hours. Hold on. Good news. There's snacks available at membership class. Can we get an amen? There's snacks. I wouldn't do that to you. There's snacks. There's there's drinks. There's refreshments. There's potty breaks. It's incredible. You're gonna love it. So sign up and uh, and let's let's just man let's make this official. You can become a member. All right. And here's another big one. Alexis Beniquez, are you ready? Did I, wait, no, that's your. I'm sorry, Cockman. I'm sorry. All right. I I did her wedding. I did their wedding, and I didn't even remember her last. All right, Douglas, if you're here, my bad, brother. All right. Anyway, so I knew that. Uh, this is 
were you here? Was anybody here Sunday night when I totally just, I took the L. <laughs> Sunday night wasn't my best night. All right. So let's erase that. Alexis Cockman, you've been waiting on this for years. Uh, and we're going to be having a worship night on Sunday. Yeah. Sunday, February 26th. All right, and we haven't done this for quite a while, but we're going to have a worship night uh, at the p.m. service, 6 p.m. service that night. So the whole night, man, we're just going to be getting into the presence of God and worshiping, and it is phenomenal. We used to do this all the time, and uh, we haven't really the last couple years, so we want to get that rolling again. It's going to be great, all right? And one more announcement, and this is a little bit out, but we got to start planning now. So uh, on Sunday, March 12th, um, is going to be Mrs. Pastor's 75th birthday. Yeah. And uh, amen. Let's hear it from Mrs. Pastor. All right. She's in uh, Brooklyn, New York tonight. She's not here tonight, but uh, we are doing a great big party celebration. Um, I've got a lot of my families flying in from all over the country, and we're going to do a great big celebration service that day. We'll have a pinch and dinner afterwards and make it a great big birthday party. So, again, I'm just telling you in advance so you have it on your calendar. It's a little ways out, but it'll be Sunday, March the 12th. We'll be having more details in the coming weeks, but it'll be a really special day. And we want to celebrate it. She's got all of her kids and family, but really you guys are all our family. So we want to make it a great big family party that day. We're really excited. All right. Very good. Well, with that being said, who knows what time it is now? Yeah, it's happy time. All right. And so pastor's going to come up and do our Wednesday night tithes and offerings. Yeah. Uh, you want to do this Barstow Faith Confession? I'm your hands you need to offload for your tithes and your offerings. <laughs> and look at Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23 while you're doing that. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23 says, hold fast the confession of your lack. Hold fast your confession of how much eggs cost now. How much gas is it getting worse? No, hold fast confession of your what? Your faith without wavering because he, Jesus, is faithful that promised. He watches over his word. He confirms his word besides following. And I'm, I'm thinking about what he's talking about there. A lot of people don't know what it means uh, to speak your faith. Well, Mark eleven twenty three, Jesus said, you'll have whatsoever you saith. And then he talks about the Word of God. You confess the Word of God, you're confessing your faith. And so you need to say about gasoline what God talks about gasoline. You need to say about eggs what God says about eggs. How many here think gasoline's a need? Well, how about stuff like eggs and milk and bread and that stuff that you eat? Is that a need? Okay, does Philippians 4, 9, 17 say, But my God supply all of your need except for gas. My God shall supply all of your need unless eggs get over $4 a dozen. Who'd ever thought of such a thing? Amen. No, he says, my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So our whole thing is we need to quit focusing on how much it is and start focusing on how big God is. Amen. There's so many different ways he can do things. But I, I'm thinking about holding fast and confession for our faith as Christians. That's why it's called a confession of faith. 
when you see gas prices going up again, it's easy to start whining again. But guess what? Last time they went up, he supplied all mine. How about you? Amen. You think his supplier is still working? Amen. He has a strategic petroleum reserve for us in heaven. It's called his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. And so anyway, I'm thinking about this, that our, our mission statement at the High Desert Word Center is equipping God's people for victorious Christian living in every area except money. Don't talk about money in church. You know the only one that wants you not to talk about money in church is the devil. Because if, if, if you just learn how to whine about how bad things are and never speak what the Word of God says over your money, the devil's got you. Amen. Do a better preacher than you are shouting. And so we want to equip you for victorious Christian living. And if Jesus didn't care about your money, it would never say in Hebrews chapter uh, 7, verse 8, that he receives our tithe so he can bless our tithe. And so Jesus cares about your money. Jesus cares about your kids eating. Jesus cares about you not have to choose between gas or food. Robert keeps saying amen. I, 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 think, I think it's a good thing I'm preaching this tonight because we've got some depression going on out here. <laughs> Start looking at your Bibles. Start listening to some faith tapes. Start holding fast the confession of your faith. Start holding fast your confession of your faith without wavering. For Jesus is faithful that promised. Somebody said, well, I don't know how to confess my faith about money. Where you been at? We do a financial faith confession every service. I just saw a light bulb or two go on. I just saw a few faces go. <laughs> okay, if you want to know how to hold fast and confess your faith without wavering about money, make a copy or get a copy of the financial faith confession. We have multiple, multiple, multiple Bible promises in there about your life. Favor, promotions, increases, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings that increase. That's all Bible. God says that his people, Psalms 512, are surrounded with favor, surrounded with favor by God as a shield. The favor of God is when God opens doors for you. You know, I've heard so many stories since I've been here of people found out about an opening to Fort Irwin Marine Base or someplace else, but pastor, there's already a thousand people ahead of me. I said, guess what? Jesus is ahead of you too. They opened the door. And they begin, they begin to make their confession of faith for uh, favor as a tither, as a child of God. And guess what? All of a sudden, instead of being 1,001 in line, they were one. There's 1,000 behind them. You think that's got anything to do with making a faith confession about favor? Amen. Some, somebody, some, somebody smile. I feel like about a funeral. Pastor Dave, I've, try, I've tried to get him lit up. I've tried to get him lit up for you, man. Just with... Hey, just remember get up when you get up here like you're preaching a sermon, you're not doing a wedding. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's stand up and make our financial faith confession. <laughs> I tell you what, Pastor Dave opened the door to get razzed for a while on that one. Just remember I'm dad though, and you, you can't do that to me. <laughs> All right. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive. Jobs or better jobs, promotions, 
raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs, so I have more than enough to take care of my family, give just to the kingdom of God, promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Or you can sing from your seats, but let's just all sing together. A faith awakened, you breathe into me. The bones were shaken, the blood you shed was mercy saving. A dying world separated, you found us running, broken hearted, but now we are your sons and daughters forever yours and now I know what living free is like I won't waste another moment looking away holding on to resurrection life you keep holding and now you got me living up and never giving up it's your love that brings the dead to
Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we know that the only way we can love you is because you first loved us, Father. We would be nowhere, Jesus. We wouldn't be here without you and without your love. And may we never take that for granted. May we never forget the sacrifice that you made when you died on that cross for us, Lord. We love you and we praise you. And Lord, we ask that you would have your way in here tonight, Jesus. Speak to us, Lord, and we know that if we would know the truth, the truth would set us free, Jesus. And we want to be free. We don't want to be captive or bound to anything or anybody. We want to serve you and you alone. And we love you and we praise you and we thank you for it tonight. In Jesus' mighty name, hallelujah, amen. Can we give the Lord some praise tonight? Amen. Well, you can make your way to your seats. Praise God. What a good time of worship together. Good job, worship team. Appreciate you guys. All right. Well, we're going to get into the word tonight. Amen. And so uh, tonight is going to be a little bit more of a, a heavy thinking one. All right. Uh, you know, usually I want to come in here and preach and fire you up. And, uh, but tonight we're going to be doing a little bit more teaching. And so I pray that you'll uh, be taking some notes and that you're ready to receive and to learn a little bit. And uh, what we're going to be talking about tonight is this. The title is Healing for the Soul. Healing for for the soul. And uh, Sunday night, my dad delivered an incredible word on healing for your body. It was called Hear and Be Healed, and uh, some straight teaching from Jesus in the Gospels, and you continuously see this phrase uh, where the, it says the people came to hear and to be healed, and that's exactly what Jesus did. And then, in fact, last Wednesday night, I'm kind of tagging on to some stuff my dad did, but last Wednesday night, his sermon was called How to Maintain Your Soul. And And uh, tonight we're going to be talking about healing for your soul. And so I'm going to try to cover a lot of ground in approximately 33 minutes. So hang on tight and take notes. And if you have trouble taking notes, get on the Bible app and look at Summer Crank's notes. Because this woman takes notes like I've never seen before. I look at her notes from my sermons and I'm like... Wow, I mean, I need to, this is great. I, that, that sounds really good. It didn't sound that good when I preached it, but wow, she, that's incredible. So anyway, uh, that's just, that's just, that's a little life hack, all right? That's a little inside information. Look at her notes. All right, um, so let's get going here. Uh, we're talking about healing for the soul. Now, again, you've, if you've been here very long, you've heard us talk repeatedly about how man or woman, human beings are a three-part being. And, you know, we could derive that simply you know, because we're made in the image of God, according to Genesis 1, verse 28. You are made in the image of God, and God's a three-part being, right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Now, so he's the Holy Trinity. Uh, we are not the Holy Trinity, but you are a triune being, a three-part being. Um, this will be on the screen here, but First Thessalonians 5.23 in the New King James. Amen? First Thessalonians 5.23. And there are several spots in the New Testament uh, where the Apostle Paul will use this same type of wording. But he says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. Well, completely, that would mean every part of you. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so you'll see several places in the New Testament where the scripture refers to us as being spirit, soul, and body. There are three parts to you. 
And, you know, one way that I've heard it put, and this kind of makes sense, it's an example, but it's kind of like an apple. You're kind of like an apple. You have your outermost layer, the skin, and that, you know, people may judge the skin by its color and whatnot, but it's really the, the thinnest and most insignificant part of who you are. And then there's the inside of you, if you dig a little bit deeper, which is the core, right? And then finally, on the very inside, the, the very most innermost part of, of the apple or of you is the seeds. And that is where the life truly comes from, right? The very most inner part of you. And uh, and on the inside of you, the very most inner part of you is your spirit. And the scripture refers to uh, that as your heart, right? In fact, uh, Proverbs 4 tells us that guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Now, that's not talking about the blood pump in your chest, though that is a good idea to guard that. And if you've got high cholesterol or something, deal with that, okay? Amen? But, uh, but, but really, when it says to guard your heart, it's speaking of your spirit because that affects everything that you do. And tonight, we're going to be talking about the soul, okay? That's kind of the second part of who you are. And the soul also can be broken down into three parts. And through a thorough study of Scripture, all right, I know I'm talking fast, but I'm, i I got to cover the, the groundwork before I can get to the real part here. So, uh, but the soul, we would break down into the mind, the will, and the emotions. Now, you're not going to find one individual Bible verse that simply says that the soul is the mind, will, and the emotions, but through a very thorough theological study of Scripture, you'll see the picture painted that uh, the soul does consist of the mind, will, and emotions. Now, if you're a note taker, I will give you a few references for this. If you like this, Summer, your thumbs ready? Okay. All right. So here we go. All right. So the mind, okay. Uh, Proverbs 2.10. All right. These aren't going to be on the screen. I'm going to move a little bit faster, but Proverbs 2.10 tells us that wisdom goes to the heart, which is the spirit and knowledge to the soul. All right. And so it makes, uh, it tells us right there that knowledge goes to the soul, which would, uh, talk about your mind. Lamentations 3.20. Uh, it says my soul, Jeremiah says my soul remembers, okay, that would also uh, kind of lead us to, to the conclusion that the soul is the mind, all right? Uh, and there's a lot more verses, but I can't give you five million verses on a Wednesday night, all right? And so another part of the soul is the will. It's your will. And so your will is your power of choice. Job 7.15 says, my soul chooses. My soul chooses. And so that has to do with your will. Job 6, verse 7 says, my soul refuses. My soul refuses. All right? And again, that's telling us that the soul is the will. Here's another one for you. First Chronicles 22, 19. And it says, to set your heart and soul to seek God. To let your soul seek God. All right, that's three scriptural references uh, for showing you that your soul consists of your will. And then the third part is your emotions. And this is also uh, very easy to, to paint a picture and study in scripture. But a few examples here, Psalm 43, verse 5, David says that his soul is sad and downcast. This is an emotional statement, and he says it's coming from his soul. Psalm 35 verse 9. David says, my soul shall rejoice 
And he's talking again about uh, rejoice, uh, you know. And, and so there's so many different references that we could look at here. But I wanted to show you at least a few reasons scripturally why you hear us say all the time around here that your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. And there's many more verses, but again, I've got to get to what we're talking about here. So the, the topic and the title tonight is Healing for Your Soul. And we're going to break this down into healing for the three parts of your soul, all right? So number one, number one, we're going to talk about healing for your mind, healing for your mind. And I hope that you'll listen tonight because this is a teaching, not a preaching. And if you have ever had some issues with your mind or your emotions, I've got answers for you tonight that could seriously help you out if, if you'll listen. All right. And so talking about your mind, this is the main number one area that Satan will try to attack you in. Have you ever noticed that? Does Satan ever try to attack your mind or am I the only one? I mean, come on, he's relentless. And you know, and I've heard it said that the mind is the, is the devil's playground. He'll have a field day in your mind if you don't know how to fight it. And I've learned how to fight it, and I'm going to tell you how to fight it tonight. But this is the main number one area that he'll attack you in. And sadly, nearly every person I come across does not know how to fight back when the enemy is relentlessly assaulting their mind. Now, I, I don't say this in a weird way, but a lot of people have a sick mind. Now, you, you, you know, some people do have a, like a sick mind. But what I'm saying about is this, is that some people, their mind is, they're thinking, their, their emotion, it's sick because they've let the devil throw so much junk at them. And they just sit there and take it all day long. They dwell on it. They start receiving these thoughts and, and, and just claiming these thoughts for their own. And, and these, these wrong thoughts fester and build up and just, uh, I mean, you got a mold or something growing in your mind there. Then they become depressed, angry, sad, and have all sorts of mental unrest. Do you think it's the will of God for your mind and your your mental state to be disturbed and have no peace? No, it's not the will of God. Ephesians chapter 6, I'm not turning there, but Ephesians 6 uh, gives us the armor of God. Are you familiar with this? It tells us to take the shield of faith to stop the fiery darts or arrows of the wicked one. Now, I've heard a lot of Bible scholars say that upon breaking this verse down a little bit, you know, the connotation is that these fiery darts are thoughts. Little fiery thoughts that are just shot at you all day long. Now, if, if you look back then, you know, everything in Ephesians 6, he is a reference to the Roman soldiers of the day. The, you know, the, all of the armor that he lists is what the Roman soldiers wore. But, even back then, the Roman soldiers had bigger weapons than little fiery darts. It's weird that, you know, he didn't say, you know, that hold up the shield of faith to, to stop the full-out assault from the cavalry with all their swords. He says to hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery darts of the wicked one. Why is that? Well, the Roman soldiers were, they were sharpshooters. They were masterminds with these just fire, these little darts just boom, boom, boom. They could fire these off so fast. And it may not be that one little dart, one little fiery thing could be the thing to take you down. But when you've got a million of those just coming at you nonstop, 
You do something crazy. You'll go running out and, and expose yourself to the enemy, and then they can really take you down. And so many times in our lives, we have had thought after thought after thought, dart after dart after fiery little dart, just an onslaught from the enemy all day long. And if you don't hold up the shield of faith to fight these things, it may not be that one little thought, but after you've let about the 500th little arrow land on your mind that day, something's going to happen. You're going to do something stupid. You're going to do something crazy. You're going to lash out at people. You're going to say things you shouldn't say. You're going to make decisions you shouldn't make. You're just going to run out right in front of the enemy, and then he can really drop a bomb on you. Amen? And so this is a real thing that we're talking about. We're going to talk about healing for the soul. And so there's Christians who just sit there all day long absorbing all these thoughts from the devil and don't do anything about it. Thoughts of anger, pride. Pride's a killer, man. Oh, we need to preach on that. I don't ever preach on that. I need to preach on pride. Who thinks I need to preach on pride? I think I do. Amen? I, I mean, and, and you know, I am humble and I'm proud of it. <laughs> Amen. So, uh, thoughts of lust, sadness, doom, gloom. Man, you've got to hold up the shield of faith. Now, many people have let hurts from years ago still mess with them until this very day. And it's still a part of their thought life, and they don't even realize it. I mean, have you ever been in that spot where, you know, finally maybe it'll dawn on you after a while, like, man, the reason that I've got this going on is I just didn't deal with this way back in the day. And, and, and it's got to get dealt with. And so we're not making light of any of that at all. But I am here to tell you tonight that you can be healed of these things that have happened to you in the past. Because you need to know this. And if you're a note taker, this is a pretty good one. Jesus came to heal us on every level. And this includes your soul. Amen. Yeah, you know, so many times you're like, well, Jesus came to get me a ticket into heaven. I mean... Praise God, yes, he took care of your spirit. And and that's the most, I mean, that's the number one thing in all of Christianity is that Jesus paid the price for your salvation and your redemption, amen? And so we get that. That's talking about the spirit. And even in our type of church where we believe in physical healing, most of you, if I tell you that Jesus wants you healed, if you go to this church, I don't think I've got anybody here that would argue with me and would say, I don't think Jesus wants me healed. No, we know that. It's obvious. And we got a boatload of scripture to back that up with. But it's not just your physical body that he wants healed. He paid the price for that. But he wants you healed on every level. He also wants you healed in the soul, in your mind, will, and emotions. So we're going to do three quick scriptures here, okay? So go with me to John chapter 14, verse 27. John 14, 27. Are you glad you came to church tonight? Amen. We're going to see some things here really quick. John 14, do I have water? All right, and verse 27, and we'll look at a few of these in the NLT, and then I'm going to go to the New King James. John 14, and verse 27, and here's something that Jesus told us. He said, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of what? Mind and heart. 
Well, the heart, again, refers to your spirit. But Jesus right here, he didn't just leave us peace for our spirit. He also left us peace for our minds. And the peace I give is a gift the world can't give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Amen. Peace is healing, healing for your soul. Do you see that he cares about every part of you? Look at Philippians 4, 7. Philippians 4, 7. This is a verse that I absolutely love. Verse 6 is great too, but I'm just going to look at verse 7 tonight. Philippians 4 and verse 7. And if you look at verses 6 and 7, there's a, a massive key to your victory here. But Philippians 4 verse 7. Actually, I'm just going to read verse 6. It won't be on the screen, but i got to go to verse 6 too. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Well, what happens after you do those things? Well, verse 7, then you will experience God's peace. God's peace. Well, that must mean, you know, if God has his peace, then there must be other people that have some sort of version of their peace, but we know that it's a fake and a false and it's shallow and it doesn't last. I want God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. The King James says it's a peace that surpasses all understanding. His peace will guard your hearts. Thank God. It'll guard my spirit. Oh, oh, but look at this. And our minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So God's peace, we've got two verses here already that tell us that the peace from God, yeah, it'll take care of your spirit, your heart, but it will also take care of your soul, your mind. That is really good news because I want to have peace on the inside and know that I'm solid with Jesus, but I don't want to be mentally tortured until I get to heaven. I want to have peace in my mind. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Let's go there. Romans 12, 1 and 2. This will be in the New King James. Amen. I want you to learn some things tonight because the truth will set you free. Who likes to be free? I, I, I enjoy freedom. I love freedom. It's great. It's the best thing ever. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. New King James. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. All right. And so it's telling us that we can present our bodies to God. That's what that is one part of you. You realize that you present your body to God as a sacrifice. And so you should actually take care of your body. What was there anyone in here? Listen, yeah, <laughs> I mean, this isn't the sermon tonight, but you know, you got to present your body to God someday. So if you tear it up and trash it before then, you're not going to have a very good sacrifice to give to God. Like I want to show up to God with, you know, a, 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 a good, a, a good thing to give to him. If I tore it up and trashed it and thrashed it and, and abused it. That's not a very good sacrifice for God. That's like saying, hey, God, you know, it is what it is. Just here you go. (laughs) Think about that. You know, do with that what you may. That's between you and God. But uh, and and look, it says holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Because some people would think this is totally unreasonable. Why should I have to take care of my body and be healthy? I mean, this is totally unreasonable. Well, Paul said 
it's very reasonable to do this. <laughs> this is not at all unreasonable. This is your reasonable service to God. This is not, you know, anyway. All right, verse 2. got to get on to what we're really talking about here. Verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your what? Mind. You gotta be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The last verse talked about your body. This verse is talking about your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Your mind needs renewed. Your mind needs cleaned up. Now, check it out. Out of the three parts of you, Jesus took care of your spirit. Uh, he came and he he paid the price with his blood. He cleaned up your spirit and made you as white as snow. He made you a brand new person. Jesus took care of your spirit. But these two verses say, hey, you're going to have to do something about your body. All right, you got to do that. And it also tells us right here that we're responsible for the mind, for the renewing. You be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I'm responsible for doing something about my mind or that soul aspect of it. And you renew your mind with the word of God. With the word of God. There is healing for your mind. And so I'm going to tell you something that may not, you know, it may sound weird to you at first, but it's the truth. You don't fight wrong thoughts with positive thoughts. You don't. Because you can't outthink the devil. You're going to be in your mind all day like, mm, mm, mm. you're going to look really weird like, mm, mm. I'm going to outthink him, all right? He's throwing these at you. Well, I'll do you one better. No. You, this is his playground. This is his best area. Don't sit there. If the devil's throwing bad, wrong thoughts at your mind all day, don't sit there and try to outthink him or overpower him with your mind. You don't fight wrong thoughts with positive thoughts. You fight wrong thoughts with words out of your mouth. Specifically, the word of God coming out of your mouth. You can be healed from wrong thoughts by answering them with the spoken word of God. The spoken word is the rhema word. That's the Greek word. The, the, the spoken word is the rhema, the spoken word of God. And that's how you begin to overcome wrong thoughts in your mind. And someone would say, it's not that simple. Okay, okay, keep doing your way, all right? That's fine. Hey, do you. But I'm telling you right now, this has changed my life, all right? So talking about getting healing for your soul, number one, hey, there is healing for the mind in the name of Jesus. And number two, going to talk about your will, healing for your will. Now, as we said earlier, the will has a lot to do with your power of choice. And sometimes... When we've been through a traumatic or hurtful situation, we feel like we simply don't have the will to go on in that regard anymore. Has anybody ever been there? Like, I just don't think I, I don't think I can do it. I don't even know if I have the will that I want to go on anymore. And I can tell you that I have been in situations like that where I'm like, I just, I don't think I can. I don't know what to do. Well, one time in particular when I was in this spot, the Lord gave me what I would call some revelation knowledge from the Word of God that changed my life. And it's from one of the most 
you know, probably the most well-known chapter in the entire Bible. I would say the most well-known verse is John 3.16, but I would say the most well-known chapter in Scripture would be Psalm 23. And so can you go to Psalm 23 tonight? Psalm 23. And I'm going to look at the first three verses. But, dude, I love some Psalm 23. My gosh. Wow, I love Psalm 23. So let's go over here. And this is one of those that Pastor Katie would probably tease me about because <laughs> you know, I'm laying in the meadows with Jesus and she thinks it's funny. Like, whatever, all right? <laughs> I just, man, yeah, she makes fun of me. I told you. We watched The Sound of Music last year, my first time seeing it. And there's that opening scene where she's dancing through the fields. The hills are alive. And I'm watching, I'm like, man, that's pretty cool. And she's like... My God, that's you in the mornings. And it annoyed her. I'm like, I wake up. You know, be, why? Because the Lord is my shepherd, dude. I love him. Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Amen. Or as the NLT says, I have all I need. Why would I sit there and worry when I've got everything I need? Verse 2. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. But here's what I'm getting at, verse 3. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So, he restores my soul. Now, if you've been hurt and beaten down in a situation, or if you've just grown weary in your soul, good news, brother. He restores your soul, which would mean he restores your will. And if you're in a situation where I just don't have the will to go on, man, you need to get to this Psalm 23 place where he restores your soul. He will restore your mind, but he will restore your will and give you the power to go on and not quit. That's really good news. And, and as we're looking at that, uh, don't turn there, but another verse for your reference. Hebrews 4, 15 says that Jesus was tempted in all the same ways that you are tempted. Have you ever been tempted to quit? I have. Jesus was tempted to quit. And I want to show you Luke 22. Let's look at Luke 22. And we'll spend the rest of our evening in this, this chapter right here, Luke 22. So... Let's look at Luke chapter 22. Now, Jesus was tempted to quit, but his will was restored to continue on. And what we're going to be looking at here is Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane before he was betrayed and before the crucifixion. And I just, I don't ever want to lose sight of what Jesus went through because this wasn't easy. This was a real thing, guys. So Luke 22, and we're going to look at verses 41 through 44 in the New King James. And so we got Jesus praying and and asking the disciples to pray for him, and that didn't go real well. But anyway, uh, Luke 22, verse 41, it says, And he was withdrawn from them them about a stone's throw, And he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it's your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. I I just, I love that verse. And I, 
I mean, maybe someone's got more insight than I have on that. I, I, but I don't know what the angel did to strengthen him, but it must have worked. It must have been incredible. Look at verse 44. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling to the ground. And as we read that, you know, it's just incredible that Jesus was in such a tortured state such a tortured state of mind that, it, you know, and you've you ever been there? I mean, where you can be so stressed out, so tortured on the inside and up here that it starts having a physical effect on your body. Well, Jesus reached about level 10 on the scale of anguish right here, where blood literally starts coming out of his pores. And, you know, I've talked about this. I'm not going on about that tonight, but it is a... Uh, an actual medical condition called hematoidrosis where the body can reach the maxed out level of stress and you just begin sweating blood. Super rare, but medically documented that this does happen to people when they are at the utmost level of stress. And so here's Jesus kneeling on the ground praying and there's just blood drip. No one's touched him yet. Blood is literally just dripping down him, maybe just running down his arms. And he is that I mean, that disturbed because he knew, man, he knew it wasn't a secret. He was getting ready to be stinking tortured physically, which is bad. But beyond that, we sometimes you use the phrase, got the whole weight of the world on my shoulders. Well, maybe you got the weight of four or five people. And that's hard enough. Don't get me wrong. But Jesus literally had the weight and the sins of the entire world on him all at once. And the worst part of it all is he was getting ready to experience separation from the Father. And I believe that's probably what was just the absolute hardest thing of all, that he was going to be separated from the Father. And I, to live in separation from God, I mean, that's, that's horrendous. That's terrible. And what's even harder is if you've had God in your life, forever right you know as a christian and then if you get i can't imagine I, I can't comprehend that so maybe i just shouldn't even talk about it but i can't comprehend what it would be like to go a full day without the lord in my life i don't think i've really experienced that but especially now you know having lived for him all these years psalm 34 says oh taste and see that the lord is good oh the joys of those that take refuge in him well you've tasted and seen that the lord is good right and once you've tasted that how in the world can you live life without that? Imagine three days without God in your life. At all. At all. Total separation. And Jesus was facing that. He was facing the physical torture that was coming. He was facing the sins of all mankind. Not just the people alive right then, but the people alive in 2023. You screwed up and he's going to pay the price for it. Not fair at all, but that's the way that it is. And so here he is, and he's just in this mess. And he says, but nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And an angel appears and strengthens him. Amen. And somewhere in here, man, his will is to go on, is restored, and his soul is restored. And Jesus goes through with it. What if Jesus had backed out? <laughs> Woo! Talk about, I mean, we 
would be up the creek without a paddle, as we say back in the woods in Indiana. But that would mean like you are out there and there ain't no saving you. You're done. You are hopeless. You are going to hell because there is not a one of us that was good enough to get our way into heaven. He is literally our only hope of heaven is Jesus. And if he quit when it got hard, we're done for. We are done for. But he said, not my will, but thy will be done. And so if you're being tempted to quit right now, don't do it. I pray for your soul to be restored and for your will to be healed. Don't quit. Jesus didn't. And I want to get to number three here before we run out of time. Number three, we're talking about emotions because your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Now, emotions aren't bad, but when we let them control us, we need some deliverance. And so, you know, obviously, if we're talking about extreme emotional problems, such as depression or rage and anger, that needs dealt with. You need healing. And thank God that Jesus is the healer. Amen? He'll heal that. But as we look at emotions, I also realize that some of the biggest names in the Bible were very emotional people. So the Lord can use emotional people. David was a very emotional person. You ever read the Psalms? The man's all over the place. You know, (laughs) in one chapter, woo, my soul rejoices. Then like the next chapter, my soul is downtrodden and afflicted. You're like, what? Afflicted? You know, he's, he's everywhere. I mean, and but God used him. He's a man after God's own heart. You look at Peter. The man was a nut for a while, all right? Fighting, brawling, cussing, arguing. I mean, he just got into it with everybody. And here's the thing. As these guys matured and got healing and control of their emotions, they were used by God to change the world. And so we got to remember that. And I, I referenced this a lot, but I, I, it's true. I, I, there's this one guy I knew, all right, and he did say, I heard him say it, and that's why I make fun of it, because it's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard a Christian say, ever. But this guy was like, man, I'll tell you what, brother, I'm just like Peter. I cuss. I say what's on my mind. And I'm like, you realize Peter didn't stay like that, Okay. He didn't stay like that. Now, he was always a very passionate person, always, but he didn't stay the cussing, brawling, fighting, ear-chopping sailor that he was in the beginning. He got some restoration from that, and he grew. So don't just, you know, don't say stuff like that. That, that just makes you look stupid. All right? Luke 22, verse 31. All right? We're, I told you we're in Luke 22. Let's look at verses 31 through 32. And uh, again, I'm just going to stay in the New King James here, but Luke 22. And so what we have here is Jesus giving Peter some warning about something that he saw coming in his life. Luke 22, 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. That verse, that gets me because sometimes I see that in people's lives. They're like, I don't know what's going on. I'm getting shaken and smacked from every which angle. And I'm like, man, Satan has asked that he may sift you as wheat, just like he did to Peter. But check it out. I love what Jesus says here in verse 32, but I have prayed for you 
you realize that Jesus prays for us? Isn't that, I mean, that's good news. Because sometimes we're like, yeah, you need to pray for me, man. Well, yes, get people to pray for you. But thank God that Jesus Christ prays for us. He says, Peter, I see it coming. Peter, I see it coming. But I've prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you've returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Now, Jesus knew that a season of testing was about to come upon Peter, and Jesus was praying in advance. Now, have you ever wondered, well, what was it? Well, it's in this same chapter. You see what it was, and it was an atomic bomb that could have, I mean, that would make somebody suicidal. That could really, literally make you go kill yourself. Luke 22 and verse 60. Luke 22 and verse 60. So what we have here is Peter's denial, all right? And so remember, Jesus said, hey, Peter, listen, before the rooster crows in the morning, you're going to deny three times that you even know me. Can you imagine that? And, you know, we think that we wouldn't do that. I, I pray in the name of Jesus we wouldn't do that. But when someone's like, hey, hey, you're a Christian, right? You know Jesus. Never heard of him. I don't know what you're talking about. Can you imagine? What a backstab to your friends, man. What a backstab to your family. What if somebody was like, hey, isn't that, isn't that your brother right there? I don't know him. Isn't that, wait, those are your kids, right? I don't, my, I don't know them. Wait, isn't that, that's, that's your mom right there. I don't know her. Can you imagine doing that to your own mom, your own children? That would just screw me up, man. <laughs> if I denied my own children, my own family, in a, in, a, in, a, in a moment of weakness, when they needed me the most. Because in this moment was Jesus' moment of need, his hour of need. Every time that Peter needed Jesus, Jesus was there. Jesus never, Peter may have been out cussing, may have been out chopping ears off, may have been out fighting and arguing and brawling, and Jesus never one time said, who's he? No, he's like, he, he was always there for him, right? And can you imagine somebody that's always been there for you and the one and only time that they needed you to be there for them, you stabbed him in the back. That would screw you up if you're a decent person. And so here we have Luke 22, verse 60, the third denial. So someone's like, hey, you, that... You're, you were with him, but Peter said, man, I do not know what you're saying. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. Check this out. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. So we think that Peter was just somewhere. Peter was right there while they were beating and tearing and ripping Jesus apart. Peter was kind of, you know, observing. And right at that moment, Jesus turns and looks at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he said to him, before the rooster crows, crows, you'll deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. What are we talking about here? We're talking about a total emotional breakdown. Because Peter's not a guy that cries easily. Peter's not a guy that's, you know, in touch with his soft side. Peter is a rough sailor. Peter is a rough dude. 
And when this happens, imagine Jesus looks you right in the eyes, right when you just stabbed him in the back. What in the world would that do to you? And so Peter, he runs out weeping bitterly. Now, I've had some emotional experiences in my life. I've choked, taken the L. (laughs) I failed. I have never experienced anything like that must have been like. I cannot comprehend the absolute atomic bomb on your mind, will, and emotions that that would have been. And Jesus looked him right in the eye as he was doing it. This would mess somebody up for a really long time. Judas betrayed him, and and it didn't take him long at all. He just went and hung himself. He killed himself. And here's Peter in a very, very bad, bad spot. But Jesus already told him that he would be restored. And that he would then strengthen the brethren after this was all over. And so I want to end on a very positive note here with all of this, okay? Because that's a heavy thing to look at right there. But as you further study scripture, right? You get into the book of Acts and everything. You see that Peter was completely healed of this emotional atomic bomb that took place in his life. He was restored and became the pillar, one of the pillars of the New Testament church, Acts chapter 2. On the day of Pentecost, Peter delivers that first fiery sermon and 3,000 people get saved. And what was one of the things that Jesus said to Peter? He said, Peter, your name is Petra, right? Peter, rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Come on. And so Jesus restored Peter. He restored his soul, his mind, his will, and his emotions. And then Peter had another chance to stand up for Jesus someday. Amen. And Peter did it. This time, he did it all the way to death. When they killed him, they hung him on a cross. They crucified Peter just like they crucified Jesus. But as you know, church history tells us that Peter was like, nah, I'll die gladly, but I'm not worthy to die the same way Jesus did. So hang me upside down or something. So they nailed the man upside down to a cross, and that's the way that he died. But Peter never denied Jesus again. He was restored, and God did some awesome things for him. And so I know that's that's kind of heavy. That's kind of heavy for a Wednesday night. You were just trying to go get some Del Taco on Taco Wednesday and go home or something. But what I'm trying to tell you right now is this. Amen? That was heavy. I get that, all right? But... In our lives, there is healing. Praise God. Jesus took care of the spirit. Oh, man, that's awesome. And we all know, 1 Peter 2, 24, that by his stripes and wounds, we have been healed. He took care of our body. And I'm here to tell you tonight that he also took care of your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. And so Satan will attack you there all the time if you'll let him. But you're going to have to fight back. And you're going to have to do it through the word of God. Don't sit there and try to fight him in your mind. Speak the word of God 
out of your mouth. If he comes and says, hey, you're a loser, you're not going to amount to anything, nothing good is going to come from you. Well, you can say, hey, I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, my Lord. Amen? If he says, man, you're poor, you're broken, ain't going to get any better, you just, again, keep speaking the word. Speak financial verses. You can say Third John 2, beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. If he tells you you're going to be sick, answer with healing scriptures. You know what I'm saying? And so, fight the devil back with the spoken word of God and you will begin to see victory for your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Can we get an amen tonight? Amen. All right, we're all out of time, so we got to quit. We got to quit right there. All right. Amen. Well, let's go ahead and stand up together this evening. Amen. Praise God. I know that's a lot to handle on a Wednesday, but I believe that God is speaking to us this evening. Amen. Well, I'm going to have my prayer team come on up here this evening. And if you're here and you need prayer for anything at all, we would love to pray for you. And man, if this kind of hit close to home, maybe regarding uh, some of the things that you've been going through, this would be a great time to talk to the Lord about it. So if you need prayer at all, we want to agree with the Lord for you tonight. Amen. So pastor, you want to come on up and we will offer prayer to anybody. Ilea, you want to come up and be part of the prayer team? Amen. Your sacrifice is overwhelming suffered and died because you love me and now I'm alive only through Christ who first loved me and I love you and Jesus I love you I love you because you first loved me. And I love you. And Jesus, I love you. I love you because you first loved me and nothing can tear me away from your love Lord nothing can separate your heart from mine Nothing can tear me away from your love, Lord. I am yours. I am yours. Nothing can tear me away from your love, Lord. Nothing can separate your heart from mine. 
Nothing can tear me away from your love, Lord. I am yours. 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 And I love you. And Jesus, I love you. Yes, I love you. Because you first loved me. And I love you. And Jesus, I love you. Yes, I love you. Because you first love me We're going to go ahead and close things out tonight. Did anybody receive from the word of God this evening? Amen. That is where our victory comes from, is from the word. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and close out. Remember, we're going to have some awesome services on Sunday. So be here for that. And lots of great stuff coming up in February. So don't miss out. Amen. All right. Let's go ahead and pray. And then we will do our Barstow Faith Confession. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we have seen in the word of God tonight. And we know that it's true that, Jesus, you came to provide healing on every level of who we are, Lord. And we receive that even for our mind, our will, and our emotions. And so, Lord, we say tonight that when the devil tries to bring wrong thoughts to us, we are going to answer with the word of God every single time and your word never fails so we are never going to fail with that we love you, we praise you use us to be the light of the world this week in Jesus mighty name can somebody say amen alright, let's speak some faith over Barstow alright 
We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll see you Sunday.